G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast here. A little bit delayed compared to usual, we got the Monday sit down today instead of the Sunday sit down with J-Lo after yet another week of AFL fantasy action, there were plenty of interesting scores around the grounds, plenty of huge scores as well, some premiums went bang in round nine, so plenty to talk about on that regard, plus a few little NBA things and of course our thoughts on the end of Game of Thrones, now that the series is done and dusted. So, without further ado, here's JLo and I on a delayed Monday sit-down. This week, we've got a bit of a delayed Sunday sit-down happening uh, Monday afternoon. Still uh, fretting over my AFL fantasy team, though, once again. Uh, how are you, JLo? Welcome back. I'm good, mate. I'm just relaxing, taking it easy after a pretty solid weekend of uh, footy from the boys other than Gripper. Yeah. Feeling good? Your team uh, is definitely a step ahead of mine. It's pretty obvious this round which coaches have like good teams, which ones have fine teams and which one have really, really good teams. You know, there was yeah. a clear difference between the different tiers, I guess you could say. Definitely, definitely feels that way at this point. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, I think I know uh, which side of the bracket I fall on because I slipped a little uh, usually start with yours. I'll start with my team this week. I had 2031, so I managed to top 2000, which no matter what happens, you can kind of be happy with, even though, like I said, I slid back a couple of thousand spots. A few injuries, and God, some of these rookie scores really hurt me, but uh, Angus Brayshaw will no longer be a member of the large fries and coke after what he dished up this weekend. He probably is the... Uh, well, find himself as one of the most traded out players if they didn't get rid of him already. You got anyone uh, in the firing line instantly after the weekend? Uh, Brad Shepard, it's time to go. Mm. Uh, I, and I feel funny about it. It's worth a gamble. It. Yeah, I feel funny about it because it's very possible he goes 300s in a row again. But uh, I feel like there's a clear move for him that's open, like available right now but might not be available one week down the line. But where... Who would that be? Who are you talking about uh, bringing into your team? Uh, just maybe Lockie, Lockie Whitfield, mate, because he... What an absolute feast. Yeah, he had, yeah. A, he had a day out. Let's just put it that way. We were lucky to uh, sit down and tune into that game. He didn't... I don't think he was really the talking point earlier. It's probably Timmy Taranto. He had like yeah. 45 in the first quarter, I think, from memory, yeah. and 100 in the first half. But yeah, Whitfield just did as he pleased. Unreal, <laughs> and just sort of like got better. He genuinely did. Yeah, it's... Um, I guess it, it, you can't look too much into it because it was against like a, a decimated Carlton side. Yeah, their and defense you, as well has just been like whacked by injuries. You, you also, even though the midfielders were, you, you think of it like as you know, we've all had a day where we've been playing a team who we've flogged. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. And you're just like, all right, like some people are like, oh, I'm going to take the day off. Some people are like, oh, I'm going to have a field day. And Lockie Whitfield was like. No, I'm going to kick three goals off the half-back line and, like, go for some runs. and Get, get 18 marks. Yeah, get 50 touches, you know? Like, so it's it's a hard one because you're like, it might not happen next week, but bloody hell he looks like he's in good form if, uh, if that game was any indicator. That was unbelievable. Cripper, yeah. like we said, was a letdown in that game. He only scored 45. Mm. Uh, there was only one quarter where Lockie Whitfield didn't have 45. So just uh, just let that sink in for a minute. He outscored Cripper almost in every quarter. Yeah. It was unreal. It was a bit of a uh, fantasy masterclass. I was kind of surprised to find that nearly a quarter of the um, competition still has him. I was like, ah, damn it. I yeah. was hoping more people kind of jumped off, especially after he's ruled out for another, a second week. But 
hopefully and that, he's what it is. Hopefully that was just some lazy owners who started with him and like sort of haven't made changes to their team. Yeah, so Very possible. Won't affect us because they're way down. In the Very rankings. possible. Yes. Uh, did you move down, up, I, hover about the same? I hovered well? about the same. I was five one something, and yep. I'm five one something now. Okay. So I, I honestly looked at the score and I. I wanted to check back because I was like, hey, I'm pretty sure I'm on the exact same score as I was. Oh, I remember you saying that. Same yeah, rank yeah. as I was last week. So, um, not sure. I about, about even though. I was pretty happy um, being able to absorb the Tim Kelly, mm. Paddy Cripps games. And even, a, you know, a couple of, like, Brad Shepard was terrible. So, oh, and, you know, Constable having a mare. Oh, yeah. When you God, do that, really expect it. But yeah. luckily, that's most people in the same situation as us. Yeah, I was really hoping he could just keep going his 70s and 80s and not have this type of game. Because that now probably means he's going to get dumped. But Yeah, and it all now it also makes you question a little bit. You're like, oh, was that just a bit of an anomaly? Like, a really good start? Like, rookies often tail off, you know, because they don't know how to put together that's a true. season. So yeah, the main, uh, definitely dis- worry about main disappointment for me this weekend was I actually moved back in the Sports by Fry League. So I'm now back to 81st. You're sitting uh, comfortably at 34th. Is that all? Out of 120. Okay, I thought I might be a little bit higher in that. but Funnily enough, we, we've got the best of the best in there. Chris yeah. Tassel, who was a, uh, second overall a few weeks ago, he's third in the Sports by Fry mm. League. So competition's hot for a couple of those top spots. Yeah, congrats, whoever's beaten him all of a sudden. So, yeah, absolutely. So Lockie Whitfield is pretty much stop, drop whatever you're doing. Yeah. You have to get him this week. Yeah. You agree? Um, yeah. yeah. Unequivocally? Unequivocally? Yeah. Unequivocally. Okay. What's, uh, what's your mindset behind bringing him in just straight for Brad Shep you got the coin uh yeah I luckily had had the coin and had a you know enough big downgrade options I forget who I brought in Gardner maybe is he the Port Adelaide fellow yeah Gardner, yeah, Gardner. who I like if he holds his spot I mean he got to 60 it was pretty solid from a debut yeah I think I went one of my rookies down to him I honestly can't even remember maybe whoever was sitting on my bench Wilkie yeah it was Cal Wilkie yeah, yeah you we were talking about it last night I remember um yeah, I I really wanted to get on the uh, Jack Zebel train this yeah. week, who also erupted, oh, beat yeah. 155 from Zebel, and didn't give him enough props, but Lockie Whitfield chopped in that game. Timmy Taranto was a very, very solid uh, yeah. fantasy player. Was very, I think was he falls third in the uh, Fry's favourite five this week, so okay. yeah, it was good to see him just put up serious he was unreal around the contest like unmatched he played the role Cornelio usually does Mm. and he probably did a better job than Cornelio so it's uh, that's one thing I would say is that when Cornelio's back that does chop into his opportunities to get in that position that he was getting in so often this week yeah like I said it a bit to you when the game was on he's the type of guy that will average 110 for the season because he'll have a game like this Mm. but then he'll have an 85 when everyone's healthy and he might just be the one that misses out that day you know like there's so many mouths to feed in that Giants midfield but he's like one of the I think he's the fifth highest averaging player. So. And the good thing with him is like we were saying it while I was watching Josh Kelly you were watching him obviously and he rests forward. He doesn't rest on the yeah, bench. So he just gets so much extra game time. So he's a, he's a gem, mate. Um, so now that I've given him a little uh, pump up, I will be trading him. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm spewing, um, like I said, wanted to get Jack Zebel. I'm $1,000 short from going Zach Williams straight to Lockie Whitfield mm-hmm. and then Angus Brayshaw to Jack Zebel. And then putting, putting like Warple in my midfield or something. Yeah, yeah it really stings. So... I might even look at moving on Sam Walsh. I don't really feel happy with it, 
this of course is if Zach Williams holds his spot but that's what I kind of need money wise to get Zeebel and Whitfield I'm like oh there's another rookie maybe gone so if uh, Zach Williams holds his spot I'll do that but I can't really put up with Brayshaw much anymore so worst case scenario I'll do a downgrade if Williams is hurt I'll try and play a defensive bench if I have to and then I'll just absolutely load up on Lockie Whitfield yeah, Sammy Walsh, for me, I, I'm not too worried about losing Sammy Walsh at this yeah. point. It's, it might be sad to see him go. He's done so well. but And I know I did give him a rap and say he was the know, goat. The yeah. goat. But it might be time to go, just because he's probably going to give us around what he's been putting out. You know, like 70, 70 odd, you know, around 80. I think it might be time to get rid of him, even yeah. though he's fine. Be but interesting to see how he goes now that he's not playing like Collingwood and the Giants. Mm. Like if he gets back up to his ninety or hundred, that'll be very telling. It will be, yeah. But I, I guess I, I wouldn't be like afraid of getting rid of Walsh. Either. Nah, I guess at the end of the day we need to remember he is a rookie, so yeah, take it with a grain of salt. All right, uh, we actually put the questionnaire out to people on Twitter because we realised we're going to be recording this late, so. Got a couple of questions. Uh, first one comes from AJS Hawker, who asks about Jack Zebel. Can we do it? What are your thoughts on Zebel? I've been a big fan of him and talked him up a little bit recently, but do you reckon he's worth the risk? i got no problems with the risk, especially right now. Mm-hmm. You'll make some money. Um, you might score poorly. I feel like he's probably on a little upswing. He looked pretty nice towards the end of last year as well. Um, there was a few few periods that I thought about bringing yeah. him in as a low-cost option. But, yeah, I would go for, for old Zeeps. I might, guess it depends a bit on... It's all about his average, really. you just got to be, yeah. be willing to weather some 60s for some 150s. Well, that's what I was going to say. It depends a bit on what he puts up week to week because I know that like his role is probably why a lot of people haven't really been serious on him. Mm. But when he's playing that like pure midfield role, his money. He ran yeah. a bit of a bit of a like shutdown job on... I think it was Tim Kelly in the Cats game. Or it was like sifting through a couple of opponents. But still had 75. So he did have a miserable 30 earlier this year against Essendon. But that was just, you know, you have those shit days in footy. Sometimes things don't go your way. So yeah. If his floor's sitting around 80, I say, why not? He's around the ball now. Like, even though he's technically a pure forward, he'll probably be someone to get midfield status in a couple of weeks just because he's playing a pure midfield role. Break even a 33 as well, so... Yeah, I think uh, if trades will allow it, I think I'll get him this week. Yeah. Honestly, his buy, like having it in round 14, actually really suits me as well. So Roll the dice, I reckon. Big Why fan. not? Yeah. yeah. Although, let's be honest, priority is just get rid of Gus Brayshaw. Get him lucky. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, next question. Uh, Jalen Brown asks, is Caleb Daniel done now that Matty Suckling is back? So just to put that into context, uh, Daniel's had back-to-back 60s since Suckling's come back. Suckling hasn't done great. He only had 40 on the weekend, but... Had 98 against Brisbane, and it seems like Daniel was really relying on that like quarterback role to get mm. a lot of the footy. So, do you reckon? Uh, do you reckon hold on to Caleb Daniel if you still have him, or trade him out? That's a, a hungry, hungry fantasy football side, the Bulldogs, mm. and there's a lot of mouths to feed, um, and there's a lot of people who really wrestle at those touches and those points away from. The, the littler dogs and Caleb Daniel seems to be like the odd man out there. Yeah, he does. At be, this point, it seems like at this point, um, might be good to just hold on him, give him a couple more weeks. We might be wrong, and then, then I agree. Know, but there's no need to rush him in. He's he's worth a mint anyway. 
it's if anything, it's probably better to let him fall a bit in price and get him at a discount. Yeah, I reckon if you got him, it's worth holding on to. Like, don't panic too much. But at the same yeah. token, like, yeah, yeah keep it in the back of your mind because I think they've got the Bulldogs got the middle boy. Or the, no, they have got the first one. They got the first one. So maybe you might even want to look at if he's sucking by then, bringing in someone. Uh, I don't know. It's a tricky one. Maybe yeah. get it. You could honestly get rid of him before the buy. There's still time. Uh, Jeremy John asks, "Is Domsheed back?" Oh. I uh, I hope not because I got rid of him. You know <laughs> what I mean? I don't think there's many people who would have helped. He's still in 10% of the team, so I kind of take it back. He's gone 116-93-133 in his oh, last yeah, three mate. games. Uh, it's possible. Uh, they're playing around with their midfield mix a lot, West Coast. Uh, I can't think of many guys to come back in. No, only neither thing, can I. The only thing I might add is that Willie Rioli might eat into some midfield minutes once his fitness is back up. True. There was a Pretty lot of point. talk in the preseason about him running through the middle, and you did see that in the grand final. It was in yeah, the last absolutely. bounce. Um, like that all-important bounce, so... I would say, I mean, you can't argue can't, with the numbers. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how we, uh, you know, refer, what we refer back to. They've got Adelaide and then the Bulldogs the next couple of weeks. So two, like, pretty beastly midfields. Not necessarily from a fan... Well, they are, really, from a fantasy perspective. But, but just, like, up. a lot of accumulators there. So it would be interesting to see, yeah. just in that token, who gets all those possessions. They, if Gaffey kind of suffers a little bit or if... They both keep it up, or you know, yeah, yeah. Well, it'd be we interesting know, to watch. We know what Gaff's doing against yeah. the Bulldogs, man. He goes off, yeah, which is like forty touches. The problem, the one thing I will say about Dom before we move on is that he's an accumulator, so he needs a lot of the footy to score. Yeah, he does not tackle. I like, I bet he's averaging one tackle a game or something, and like does not mark the footy either. Bloody he goes man. and gets it and kicks it a lot, which is nice, but he's not a tackler or a marker. Well, a staple of his. Uh, game against Melbourne, which is no surprise after following Melbourne, was 12 marks, but yeah. in the last three weeks, he's had one tackle, yeah. so yeah, there you he's go. he's not a tackler, and he, oh, he might get marks as any normal footballer, yeah, he's yeah. not the guy who goes out Kicked and gets a couple of snags in each of the last games, oh, that's true. let me say, two in his last two games, and then two against Gold Coast, so yeah, yeah I don't know, it's one to watch, uh, but yeah, like I said, it's hard to argue with the numbers right it now. Is, yeah. Alright, Rhett Weeks asks, which rookies should we downgrade to? Oh, Baker was horrible. He was the Melbourne bloke that I was yeah. uh, pumping up to you on Friday night. Yeah. Did not really deliver. I'll probably do a big deep dive throughout the week, and I'm sure people listening to this know that you can check out my Dream Team Talk Rookies Guide each week on Wednesdays, but after a bit of the, like, since the round's finished, I've done a bit of research. I do like this Joel Garner kid. Yep. from Port. He's a good one in defence. Who did you... Did you end up bringing any rookies in this week? I brought in Baker. Brought in Baker. Nation. Yeah. That's yeah. honestly where I make a lot of my rookie calls. You're like... There's not many people who know it better than you, so I just listen to what you say and see how it fits. Um, you, you've been pretty spot on on the rookies this year. Um, so yeah, I, I actually don't have much light to shed. I'll yeah. just hold Baker, honestly. Yeah, I, what I, I hope that they give him another chance. Because they got the, had the Eagles last week, got the Giants this week. So I hope yeah, like geez. if he does struggle, then it's like, ah, oh, you suck, see you later. Because yeah. he, he looked all right. Like, he took the game on a couple of times. Got, I he think, did. from yeah. memory, he had like three or four holding the ball calls. So honestly, got to get used to the pace of the game. It's not uncommon for, for people debuting to get a couple of cracks at the like bites at the apple and you usually you you perform in your second or third not your first like yeah i reckon he'll hold his spot um, oh, bloody hope so because melcham's foot looked pretty dodge yeah and i don't know what's happened to it actually but it looked bad well he's out for a month yeah, i think was the go. official um injury report they but have yeah, a hell of an injury list they do and like really 
when your team's decimated like it is like this, you've got to try and just roll the dice on these kids and give them a stint of games because just hitting on one of them could be the thing that, not like turns you around. But Melbourne, you know, honestly, definitely would, would be very aware as well at this point. They're like, the season's almost lost, right? So yeah, it's pretty like, much. What are they, can, like two and six? They've got a chance. One and they, seven? they really should rest Brayshaw. He should get a game or two off and just say, go and find your form. Oh, he, had, he has, mate. He's, had, he's been out there, but uh, he's actually hasn't touched the footy. So. They should rest Brayshaw. He's basically been playing. And they should Two. let um, Nate Jones have a rest whenever he needs it. So like, I, I reckon they should play the kids. I'm hoping that Baker holds his spot. Um, yeah, you and me both. Just quickly, Joel Garner. He was a midfielder during his junior days, but playing a bit of that halfback role for Port. So, I mean, he had a 60. It was against Gold Coast, but um, he's someone that I probably like the looks of out of the rooks. But again, I'll dig into them all probably in a bit more depth later in the week. Yeah. Beauty. All right, Farmer Brown's premium produce asks, Hey, Brayshaw, not worth enough to trade anymore. Should we just hold him? What are you he's worth about? 630 grand. So he's, he's lost quite a bit of change. But oh, in yeah. saying that, like, Rocky's 710. Yeah. Um, you look at other dudes, Tim Taranto, 751. Bond's probably not worth that much right now. Well, I don't think he's down near as... Well, that's 687. There yeah. you go. So that's... Under 50 grand to go up from Bradshaw to Bont. Pay and, up and get Fiorini. That's all. Yeah, I'm I was going to say. Even if you can't get to like a serious big fish. Actually, let me check out of curiosity where Fiorini is. He'd be right up there at the moment. Because he went out after an 80. He didn't get injured and go out off a small scale. Oh, that's true. He okay. went out against us. I'm doing a terrible job of tracking him down. Anyway, oh, there you go. 763. Yeah. So basically, 130k. Or you just go up and get Lockie Whitfield. I guess uh, we've pretty clearly answered that question. You just get rid of him. Like yeah. a lot of the, how do I word it? It's kind of considered a bit of a bit sacrilegious in fantasy to like trade out those premium dudes. You're like, oh, you got to back them in. Josh Dunkley, I guess, is a kind of a good example. Mm. Like, what if it comes good? But you can't just keep sitting through it and hoping something's going to change. I did this week. I was like, oh, if Melksham's out. That might change his role a bit, but like it didn't happen, so cut your losses. Yeah, I did that a lot last year and it burnt me, so yeah. I would say... I think the it. evidence is uh, clear enough to uh, make that move. Absolutely. I think cut money fast. If you're losing money on someone, just get rid of it, like honestly. Yeah, I agree. All right, last one. Louis14 asks, is now the week to boot danger? So you as a non-danger owner, uh, in a pretty good position, hopefully you'll go down a bit in price. I think, well actually haven't looked, but I know that he was about 50 points off his break even from last week, so it's going to take a bit of time for him to bottom out in price. 128 is his break-even now, so I, even if he doesn't play, might look to hold, honestly, because like, they're the type of players, like especially now that I want to get Whitfield in, I've got like, a pressing need in that area, but I don't want to have to get rid of Dangerfield and then worry about getting him back. I don't know, it's a tricky one. What are your uh, points of view on the Dangerfield scenario? I would wait and see and how long this injury is going to be. Yep. If it's a three-weeker, then cut it. Uh, if it's just going to be a one and one and done, uh, you just hold him, I think. I agree. Chris Scott said he doesn't think... Chris Scott? Or Brad Scott? I think it's Chris, yeah. I always get it mixed up. Said he... Like, he was talking it up after the game, saying, like, oh, yeah, Dangerfield was, like, putting on a bit of a show. Like, it's not that bad. He might miss one week. He might not even miss. So. Right. He yeah. is pretty banged up, though. Like, they've got Gold Coast. Surely this is the week they do rest him. Makes a lot of sense. If it's though. just one week, though, I, you definitely hold Danger. But what if it's one of those... in the game. It's one of those Whitfield things again where it's like they haven't technically said it's a week. They're like, oh, he'll miss this week. You know what I mean? 
Well, Whitfield only got missed one week, didn't he? No, it was two. two. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, would you? I would still hold if, I agree. if it's that sort of injury. If they if they say more than two, like if it feels like it's going to be more than two, yeah, okay. yeah, I guess wait and see how things pan out during the week. But because yeah, if he plays this. against the Gold Coast, money. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is uh, trade him out and have to get him right back in the next week for the same price he was because he hits his break even. Because yeah. he does do that. He goes a one hits a one thirty every now and then. Yeah. Alright, I think that's uh, pretty much it. We've got AFL fantasy-wise. You can check out all sorts of stuff that I'm going to be producing during the week. I'll do my round wrap-up on the Cash Cows Guide. Before we go, though, Zion Williamson has a new home. Mm. Kind of. <laughs> kind of, yeah. He uh, will most likely be joining the New Orleans Pelicans after oh, they I won th- the draft lottery. I thought you meant it was in our hearts. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, I don't... that's where he. That's his home for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm very interested to see how he'll go in New Orleans and what Dave Griffin and New Orleans does. Like, do they just trade AD to the Knicks, try and get pick three, and just really like bottom out, or do they like give Anthony Davis and Zion a run together? Like, I really don't know what to expect. I trade for RJ Barrett. That yeah, that's a lot of people are saying that's what they'll probably do, and that'd be a pretty sick move to be honest. He's perfect for everyone. That'd be wicked. Imagine just watching those two in college and transition straight to the pros. Yeah, they got each other. They know each other well. Yeah, I reckon that would be perfect. Here's even your if, new, here's your new like chapter, New Orleans. You can yeah. move on from Anthony Davis pretty swiftly. Even if um, Boston or the Lakers could offer something better, like the the Lakers could probably offer Ball, whoever in the fourth. Yeah, you know? Brandon Ingram's uh, blood clot issues probably hamper his trade value a bit. Big time, big yeah, time. and Lonzo Ball hasn't technically finished a season healthy. He's had injuries that have kept him out the last two seasons, like in the last mm. month. So you know he's not. I think he's not as valuable a trade ship as they would have hoped because if so I reckon the deal would pretty much be done and dusted you might if, I wonder if they could pry Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown away that'd be Ooh, interesting that'd be a huge I think that kind of hinges a bit on the um, Kyrie thing like if Kyrie if he goes do they really want to try and get no, Anthony Davis without Kyrie yeah so yeah, I don't know it's tricky to uh, maybe they do and Davis is still Arguably the best player in the league. But that's... I guess it's a similar um, situation with Kawhi. Like, do you want just a one-week... A one-week... A one-year trial, and then hopefully they re-sign. Otherwise, they could just bolt in the summer. So, it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, New Orleans were clearly big winners on draft lottery night. Along with Memphis bouncing up to two. That was a bit unexpected. Yeah, it was. Jump around would be nice there. Do you reckon uh, they've just got to do everything they can to trade... Mike Conley, or would you like to see them try and keep him? If, keep if you him. were Memphis, what would you do? Well, we've talked to this over. He has a dog of a contract. Yeah. Um, two years, right? I think there's a player option next. Which he will. Um, the season after take. for 35 mil. Yeah. So, yeah. So basically, he's two got years. a two-year contract. They'll just play them next to each other for two years. There's no rush on Moran. Yeah. Conley's not going to hurt. He's going to help his development and won't hurt them getting a good pick in the next lottery. So I think they just get them around and hold. I think I'd just like to see them trade Conley just so I'm like, oh, okay, Conley can be free and like yeah, not, not waste the last couple of years of his career almost. So he's pretty happy there. Honestly. He does, and let's be honest, he's arguably the best player in the history of their franchise, right up there with the Souls. So yeah. he could just stay for another three or so years and like bridge that gap. And he seems like the type of dude that would be happy to just play like 15 minutes a night in three years signed for like three years 15 when he comes off this big Maybe. contract you know yeah. what I mean like, yeah it's hard to tell how those stars are going to react to right. that point but yeah I agree I think they're fine so pretty much locked in Zion and 
Um, yeah, so I don't think that's breaking news. Similar with um, who are we talk about? RJ Barrett to the Knicks. He's obviously going to go there. What do you reckon happens at four? Uh, I'm I don't know honestly. Maybe Hunter. <laughs> that makes all of us. Yeah, I, I like Hunter from Virginia. Um, no one can question Cam Reddish's potential. Like he just had a, a year next to the most highly touted college prospect ever yeah it's and tough the most to, highly touted high school prospect ever it's tough to crap on him I mean he does have a huge ceiling but he seems like it's not a high risk high reward that's not the right call but he could just very much be the next Ben Mclemore. At his pick, work ethic and stuff like that have been issues in his high school career yeah. so you know that's not exactly the greatest thing you want to hear but you're right like he, pick five or six you kind of oh, he's worth like, a shot absolutely yeah, especially for a team like Cleveland or Chicago that if they just hit on that pick then all of a sudden you've got like something else to build around you yeah. know like that's what you t- that's the type of dudes you want to try and take a hit on at 6 and 7 not like the oh he's going to be our like safe third best player you know yeah. what I mean like especially at this earlier in your rebuild I'm not too bummed out about the Cavs moving back like I said unless it was one or two it's like whatever yeah like I said to you um, a couple of weeks I might actually even said it on the pod like, part of me kind of didn't even want Zion because I'm like oh then we're just going to have Zion and just a skeleton of a roster yeah, like, yeah. it's not really going to be great for his development so well and also it's just like you know it becomes the Zion show then and things just it's almost like LeBron never left yeah you know, it's like oh it's the same story again yeah like the chosen one comes to Cleveland and then he leaves and probably comes back because he feels bad. Yeah, we've lived through that once. I didn't want to see it again. Yeah, Any other something uh, different. It'd be nice if you were living a different storyline for a while. Oh, mate, I think I'm... Well, you uh, have been, but... I think I'm going to uh, get used to non-playoff basketball for a yeah, well, least a stint of time. Yeah, yeah. You've got a, you guys have a very interesting future yeah. after falling out. I don't mind. I heard today JB Bickerstaff has been hired as the associate head coach. Oh, okay. So he's primary role... It's just to bridge the gap between the NBA and college for John Beeline and basic because bigger stuff coached at Grizzlies and the Rockets like interim coached. I forget the other something like that. The Grizzlies, but, but yeah, yeah, like you know he's ha- he's seen a lot of stuff. He's been around quite a few like different scenarios, so I don't mind having him in that. Ro- that's like a I think a smart hire. Yeah, from the Cavs perspective. Yeah, not bad. Agree. Beautiful. All right, last things before we go. Is the Raptors and Bucks series going to seven games? Uh, or will Milwaukee win in five or six? Yeah, today worries me a little bit. Um, especially because Giannis really didn't play that well again. And they still won. Yeah. He had eight turnovers, like shot pretty badly. Uh, I think it really depends on uh, Kyle Lowry, funnily enough. Yeah. It's all about Kyle again. How does Kyle play? Comes down to uh, who Toronto, who else on Toronto can play well? Because let's be honest, Kawhi's going to get his 30, 36. And Siakam's been a bit up and down, but I think that was he, he had an injury. Something was bothering him. Yeah, Marcus Ol shot well tonight, but again, like you can't rely on him as your second best player. So I agree. Like Lowry and Siakam are pretty much the series is in their hands. Yeah, big time. Because the uh, the Giannis is like offsiders are playing well. Like Chris Middleton's good. Brogdon's looking really good. So. I would say, I think it probably actually does go five or six yeah. to, to Milwaukee, but I hope it's a series, and I honestly hope Toronto come out of it. I, would, I think I'm going to side with Bucks in six, because I think Toronto will probably win one of the next two at home. You know, Oh, actually, 
They've got to do one. Yeah, I don't know. I reckon six. I think they'll win game four. And if they don't, they might claw out game five in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I reckon they can get a couple. Like, now they've got one. I reckon they can get at least one more. But I can't see them winning the series, unfortunately. No. So no game seven and no uh, Toronto in the NBA Finals. It's Kawhi Garner. Uh, oh, I honestly don't know what that, It's too early to tell. There's so yeah. many things to determine with free agency and everything. It's really too early. Like the draft will obviously dictate a lot, so and it's it is really too early to like tell. impossible for a human to understand what a cyborg is. <laughs> so I can't don't really know. tell uh, what's going on through that dude's head. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, on the other side of the bracket, I think we're uh, about to see a sweep. Yeah. Portland and Golden State play tomorrow, game four. No Durant, no DeMarcus Cousins. Maybe no Iggy for that game. You still think they get up? <laughs> yeah, Lillard's banged. Like, it, it, honestly, I hate to sound like that guy, but it would have been so much more interesting if Denver made it through. Mm. I think I just I never thought Portland had the legs, but at least Denver had the depth to go with Golden State. Perhaps. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, Portland are so banged, so I'm just like, yeah, it's all over. Um, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, I don't even is. like even if they manage to claw out Game Four, I reckon. Like five will just be a cakewalk. Yeah, absolutely. But, and that's probably it unlikely. It'll take everything Portland have to win game four. Yeah. Um, Bummer. Yeah, I know. It's a shame. So that would mean that uh, we've got the Bucks and the Warriors in the finals. Probably by next week, the time we yeah. do a pod, the matchup will be set. Give me a quick 30-second uh, thoughts before we wrap this up on the potential Milwaukee-Golden State That's finals. probably the most even matchup. Probably could honestly go either way. I tend to agree. Even if... KD comes back, which is expected. Milwaukee do have home court, which makes game one and two just crucial. Like, if Golden State gets one of them and they could win two at Oracle and it's like 3 1, then. Although we've shown in history that they don't don't uh, always win on Oracle. They don't have the uh, best record uh, when they're holding a 3 1 series. That's it. And seriously, like, yeah. Yeah, they lost to the Clippers twice there, didn't they? Or did Clippers win one one at Staples? One at Staples. Um, (laughs) Still. Giannis KD is probably like the best matchup we could hope for in the finals. Mm. Like, if you look at like, oh, what's the best matchup of two players? It's probably that one. Because they're just the... KD's the only person who's like, yeah, I've kind of got the same body as Giannis. It's true, yeah. Like, it'll be really fascinating to watch. Two freakishly two. long dudes that just have very different like ways of dominating the game. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be awesome. A clash a real clash of Titans. So I hope that's the way it goes. I hope something interesting happens, something new happens. Yeah, same. I think regardless of what happens for the rest of the playoffs, this is you'd think like almost the end of the chapter for Golden State. Like even if KD and them all stay like chapter for the NBA because it's kind of like LeBron's not here. Mm. Um, the Warriors are kind of fading. Like it's yeah, it's could a be a real like. Of the I was just gonna say torch passing. Well, it has not been like. It really has. Think yeah. of the players who dominated this playoffs. Kawhi Leonard, like he's been there before, but that was in a very different situation. Yeah. Giannis, Jokic, Lillard, or oh, KD, but there hasn't been any of the other the other like big normal guys. No, you're right. He's KD always done a newish player. era of basketball. That's for sure. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to watch. Uh, that is going to do it for the Monday sit down. Quick, uh, yeah, we got time. It's only thirty minutes. Uh, we've just finished watching the series finale, finale, finale of I can't even talk properly. Game of Thrones. Uh, spoiler alert. You happy with the way that things wrapped up? Uh, yeah, as happy as I could be. It felt, I think, because the series was so rushed. Yeah. Um, 
kind of hampered the it, like it yeah it took a bit away from I the agree. ending and yeah I was okay with it I said to you at the end like that was I was pretty happy considering what I expected like I expected them to kind of wrap it up and try and tie everything off in a bow and yeah. it kind of happened it was a little bit pretty as well you know like if you don't feel like there were big enough stakes no you made the good point like not many of the big dogs died either like yeah, it would have been cool like if that. in the last season like maybe in the um well, maybe episode three, if like one of the main characters kind of fell by the wayside. I don't know. It, it kind of just worked out that the people we were rooting for all along kind of won, you know. True. It's a very weird like time from when, spoiler alert again, from when John killed Daenerys to then like, oh, like, where are they? What's going on? They're just like all meeting in the... Yeah. Yeah, it's, cool. it's a yeah. bit hard to follow. That's the nature of the new Game of Thrones. Yeah, too true. Quick, so, yeah. It Very, was fine. It was good. Good enough. Good enough, I agree. Yeah. That's the best way to word it. If I had to sum it up, yeah, it was good enough. Yeah. All right, speaking of good enough, this podcast has been, and I'm going to go and edit it and pump it out to the world. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes. I'll be doing, uh, like I said, a couple of other AFL fantasy ones. You got anything on uh, next Sunday at this rate? Oh, Just uh, this again? I don't even know what I've got on tomorrow. Yeah, okay. So, well, I'll get back to you. Have a good week, and uh, thanks for tuning in to another Sunday sit down. So it's probably going to be the Bucks and the Warriors. JLo's fantasy team is flying, and I, I've got my work cut out for me. I thought I would have some uh, perfect trades to make this week with regards to buy structure, but yeah, Lucky Whitfield has pretty much forced my hand. I might just have to snap him up straight away. So lots to think about, lots of planning to be done at the Large Fries and Coke. You can check out the whole Round 9 wrap-up, maybe a little bit after this is posted. I've got a big... Uh, slate of activities for Monday, so hopefully I can get that up in the early to late afternoon. Of course, you can check out the Dream Team Talk Rookies Guide on Wednesday as well. Plenty of other stuff will be on out throughout the week. Um, and make sure on Thursday, if you have any fantasy questions after team selection, I'll do another pod talking about all the hot topics ahead of round 10. So make sure you subscribe for further episodes. Until next time, peace. Peace.